in this episode of Man vs. Marriage. What man versus marriage is not. Maybe a little ranty, but not really. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. This is the Q Dog. What is going down? I am in the Moran family studio, aka the master bedroom, with my wife, Jeannie Moran. Hi. And me, myself, and I, all four of us. What up? Okay. So, here's what we are talking about today. What man versus marriage is not. Obviously, there's going to be enough about what man versus marriage is. I'm going to try to make this a short and sweet episode so that you understand what it is and what it isn't, and then we can collab on that if you want to. If you got my phone number, text me. If you got man versus marriage on Facebook, send me a message. If you have the email coach at man versus marriage podcast.com, email me. But let me talk to you. I want you guys to know something. Okay? There is somebody I care a lot about. And uh, we have been working back and forth with um, their relationship and what's been going on in their marriage, what's been going on in their family. And it's not this email. Ex- exclusively, I don't know why I couldn't say the word exclusive. It's not this this um, conversation exclusively that has driven this, but there's a few emails that ha- that's driving this particular conversation, and why I think it's time to kind of man up and get behind the microphone and tell you what this is all about. So the babbling is done. This podcast is about you becoming the best version of you and you making the decision how good you want your life to be, how good you want your marriage to be, how good you want to be as a father, how good you want to be in your career, how good you want to be in your life. That, that's big, broad strokes. But we give you the dirty details on how to get that done. I give you a behind-the-scenes look at where I'm great, where I suck, where I succeed, how I fail. So that you can take a look at your own life. You can be honest with yourself. You don't have to hide behind anything. And you can determine what the hell a great, honorable, respectful man looks like in your eyes. You envision a guy that you say, you know what, I can respect that. You envision a guy at how he acts and treats his wife, and you say, you know what, I can respect that. You envision a father who has the right touch in raising his children, being supportive and loving and caring and strong when it's necessary. And you say, you know what, that's what I want to do. Maybe you didn't have the best example growing up. Now it's your turn to revamp that and to decide who you want to be as a man. Okay? That is, that's where I am coming from. That's what it is about. But it's not 
about losing yourself in the process. It's not about compromising who you are in the process and feeling like you're losing yourself and you can't be the man you set out to be. It's not like morphing you and changing you to where you have no voice and compromise is the only thing you do all the time. No, it's not that. If that's if that's what's come across, or if that's how you feel about this, or if that's how you've taken it, we need to recalibrate. Thank you, Jocko. We need to reload. We need to re-engage because that's not what is here. I asked my wife after, as I was preparing for this episode if she, if she felt like I was less of the man I set out to become or if I was more after these 10 years. She can answer that for you herself when she's ready on this podcast. Um, there are places in a relationship where you need to compromise, where compromise is what's going to help you get the deal done or get closer to what is fair for both of you or what's good for your relationship. And there's compromise in everything that you do, whether it's negotiating in sales, whether it's working through with your older children, um, whether it's looking for a parking spot at Walmart or <laughs> when you set out to start your career and you're going to um, negotiate pay or how you want to learn, or your education. There, there are moments and areas where compromise is necessary. But this podcast is not to transform you into a wet noodle to where you lose yourself as a man. That is not what this is designed to do. And if that has happened in your life, and your relationship, as a result of this podcast, it's time for us to work together and recalibrate. Because my goal is for you to envision the type of man you want to become and grow yourself into that each and every day. Because there are no days off. There are no days off in becoming this better version of yourself. There are moments where you have to take a knee, but there is not a day off. Every single day, we need to be getting better. We need to be growing. We need to be challenging ourselves. <clears throat> now look here. When I started to redevelop myself as a person and redevelop my philosophy, I started reading, I started studying. I started looking into to Nick Saban. I, you know, it's just one of the things I looked at him. College football was big. I was a football coach. It was something that I wanted to look at because it was like I started with this as a professional, as a coach, depending on how, you know, trying to figure out how good I wanted to be. And then I realized that this could actually be life. So I, I started consuming a tremendous amount of material. And then I started trying to give that material to my wife or, try to, <laughs> or trying to unload on her what I was learning because it was helping expand my horizon so much. Wrong idea. Because no. it wasn't, it, it was for her, but it wasn't for her in the beginning. It was for me because I... I had grown into a person who is extremely insecure, who is very people-pleasing, who was, um, that had a gross lack of confidence because my failures with my weight and my health. My mindset was very poor. I had the idea that I had Irish luck, 
which was, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. I had the idea that things were happening to me because of this or because of that, and there was nothing I could do to stand up in the face of it and move forward. I just did what I did because it's what I had learned, and it's how I survived. It's what I had, do, I had done to get through. Now, that, that was a toxic environment inside of me. It was a sad place inside of me, even though I was happy a lot of the time. adding special needs kids, adding children in general, adding financial struggle, uh, adding health challenges, challenges. adding career challenges, adding marriage challenges, adding depression when my wife was, was battling through that. I was not structured internally for success for someone that my family could count on to be a strong, um, constant being in their life. Gosh, I hope this makes sense. So I had to do something different. I wanted to become the man my wife deserved. And that doesn't mean I set out to become a pushover. I set out to become the best version of a man that I thought she deserved as a friend, as a husband, as a lover, and so on and so forth. I think you had to come to a place where um, you were a people pleaser for a long time. <clears throat> long time. That's that's one of the strengths that he, I think, loved out of me was I didn't care what other people thought. And I didn't give a rip if you didn't like what I had to say. I was going to say it. And if you didn't like me, that's okay. You can move on. I, I can cut ties and I'm good. Uh, Quincy doesn't have that in him. Or didn't have that in him before because he didn't have boundaries. You didn't know how to tell people to this is not okay with me or to back off or not want to disappoint them. Um, but I think it it started not just with your weight loss, but you got to a place where you realized you aren't as crappy as you had been taught you were. You know, you, you grew up with a lot of religious strongholds in your way of thinking of you're never going to be good enough because this was what was embedded in you. And that carried over into every aspect of your life. It wasn't just what you learned in your religious walk, but you learned it based on this. You personally were never going to be accepted or good enough for anybody. So you busted your ass to make sure that you fit what a person needed at that moment. But in the process, you never figured out who you were or who the best version of you was. You knew what you loved. You knew what you wanted to do. You knew you loved your family. You knew you loved me. You wanted to do your best for us. But then when things like not being able to provide enough came up or medical conditions that we have no control over came up or, you know, our sex life took a nose dive, not in a good way because we couldn't maneuver around weight or pregnancy or depression or whatever it was. Something in you snapped when you realized this wasn't the actual truth And you started to kind of look for, okay, this is no longer reality. It's not that I'm not good enough. It's that I have the ability to make myself better. You ran with that like nobody I've ever seen. 
So I think it wasn't really that um, you were trying to change who you were. You were trying to find who you were. And become. And become that person. Right. Because you had been locked in what other people expected. Well, and truthfully, it's like Barry and Tina taught us. It was a strength overextended. Oh, yeah. I went above and beyond to the point of dissolving what was good for myself and my family. Because I am, and I'm telling you, I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am all natural human enhancement. Whatever, wherever you are and whatever you have going on, if I step into it, I'm there. I can play a great support role. I can bring up the enthusiasm. I can increase the belief. And I can help you go farther than you thought was possible. Well, back then, you could only do that for others. You didn't know how to do it for yourself. Correct. And when I when I found out, and you're right, a lot of that was wrapped around my religious upbringing um, in the South. And maybe it wasn't exactly the message that was communicated, but it's it's how, how I took, you took it. it. Yeah. Right. And and it's the story you are telling yourself. And I've learned this because <laughs> when I was so heavy and overweight, when people would see me in my mind, that's all they could see. And so I told myself a certain story about who they thought that I was without knowing who I was. We just dealt with this not here recently. One of our kids came out with an argument that we didn't want her. She felt like she was unwanted. And when we asked her, when did we tell you that? What did we do to ever make you feel that way? Well, it's not what you said. I just know that it's true. But it's the farthest thing from the truth, but it is the script that plays in her head that she's not wanted because she's had crap friends or she's had people that have, you know, let her down or she's felt like her special needs siblings get more attention than she does or whatever it is. There's all these different things that are playing out. And in her mind, this was the story that came out of it was I'm unwanted. I'm not good enough. So I'm just going to cut everybody off and go in my own hole. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. You did the same thing. Everybody wanted something from you and you could give them what they wanted. But when you wanted to do for yourself, everybody kind of gave you the, Ugh, are you sure about that? This is not. Eh. Yeah. And you doubted everything for yourself, mm-hmm. but you never doubted anybody else. Right. It And it, it dates all the way back, you know, to... Uh, Chris and helping him get real life music started, but but where did I rise up for me on behalf of my uh, the people around me? Because being being a a strong, courageous, and confident person internally, knowing what dialogue goes on, allows you to be the right real support for the people around you. And it doesn't mean that you don't have moments of discouragement or that you don't have moments of insecurity, but living out of that constant discouraged and insecure place that I was, it was true. It was like I was never going to be good enough. And it was wrapped around a lot of that, you know, religious teaching. And then I, I, I got into out here and, you know, started learning under um, your uncle, Mm-hmm. Your aunt and uncle, Bill and Rita, and who is Coach Rita. And it started to teach me about this righteousness consciousness thing. It completely revolutionized my thought process of who God was. And that was a big spark. Oh, and, yeah. and then meeting PJ, and then 
um, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that opened me up to books in general, listening to books. I know the moment our, <clears throat> our shift changed because when we first did that stuff with Barry and Tina, right before we started coaching with Rita, mm-hmm. um, because shortly after that first seminar, we went into one with Bill and Rita, and that's where we learned that we did not have the same number for our marriage. Yeah. But that last assignment where you had to stand up and you had to make your declaration of who you were, I could not look at anybody else. I could not even bother. I didn't care until I said my piece and you were convinced enough to stand up with me. If you were not convinced that I was who I said I was, then there was nobody else that I was going to make believe me. I had to have you believe me. Yeah. And once you and I, because I remember I was talking about it, it's like, I, I have to have you in my pocket. I have to have you in my corner with me or I can't function as myself because no one else knows me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the rough and crappy side of me, you know, the down and dirty of it. You know, the secrets that I hide from anybody else. Nobody else knows that, mm-hmm. you know, other than God, there ain't nobody else I tell those things to. So when we went from there to Rita's, that was kind of like, the moment that I think you started shifting at home was you realized I needed more from you than what we had. And you made it a point to figure out when you started reading things, you started listening to things, you started talking to PJ, you started talking to Rita, you started talking to Bill. And then we got into that marriage class and then we got into coaching. And from there, it just kind of took off in Mm -hmm. the direction of, I don't know what this is exactly, but I know that we need this. So I need to figure out how to get there. Yeah. And I, will never forget (laughs) (laughs) and for living life by design which i am very very thankful for because it taught me a a huge lesson in this is who you are but it's not who you have to be Mm -hmm. and my and i had to stand in front of the room and i had to tell people my phrase what my phrase was and it's the hardest thing to sit in a group of 20 25 people that know you and tell them something about yourself and they're not going to stand up until they are convinced that you're saying it like you mean it. Now, one of your uncles told me that he was convinced like the first time I said it, but he wanted to make me sweat. So he just sat yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> he we, just sat we, there and, and made me do it. We have a stubborn streak in our family. Which is fun, but it's good. <laughs> but here, here was my declaration and a, and a tattoo's coming because of it. Because I made good on this. Yeah. I meant it with everything that I am. I meant it and I'm living it today. And it is, I am a new man. See, I hated mine for a long time. Well, I didn't because I caught a glimpse of who I could become and what that would mean to my legacy. Um, yeah, that was your jumping off point. And it, w- and it means even more because my namesake, my family line of Moran, the name, is most likely going to die with me and my son. So my legacy meant even more at that. And the legacy that I want to build is family famous, like my grandpa was family famous. (laughs) Um, It's not famous as in Hollywood famous. It's famous as in you are loved, revered, and respected to the core 
by the people that call you family. And your family are still telling your stories. My gosh, how many of grandpa's stories have we sat down and, and rehashed and just laughed because right. it's not just the stuff that we lived with him, but some of the stories that he told us about being the, the guard and all these different things. And you're going, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, 1930 something. And we're going, we still know the story. What is up, man versus marriage nation? Real quick, don't fast forward. September the 6th, 2020, will be the unveiling of our 100th episode. You heard me right. 100 episodes strong. Get some of that, baby. So we are going to do a Facebook Live extravaganza. So go to the Man vs. Marriage Facebook page at MBSM Podcast. Sign up to attend the event and then send us a question because it's going to be all interactive all the time. We're also going to make a, a podcast out of the audio so you will get to hear your question and the answer. Boom! Right there on the podcast. September the 6th, a Sunday. That's right. 5 p.m. Pacific time. Man versus Marriage live. 100 episode event. Well, and during that time is when I get into podcasting because Jay Ferugia, um, somebody had mentioned the diet. I think it was a Bob at church one time had mentioned this diet. And then I'd heard about it from somebody else. And I started listening to his podcast. And the very first podcast was a nothing podcast. It was just about wrestlers or something like that and why they liked wrestling. Anyway, as his podcast went on, He's the, he was like the founder of the Renegade Nation, the Renegade Podcast, the Renegade oh, Diet. Oh, yes, and the all coffee. That. No, he was not the coffee guy. <laughs> That's bulletproof. So there, it's a very interesting journey. Anyway, he talked about this experience he had with one of the guests on his podcast, which is going to your funeral. And like you had a moment to listen in on what the people said about you. What would you want people to say about you at your funeral? And then plan your life from there back to who you are right now. And are you that person? Can you say that's the person that you are? And that, you know, it's a confluence of things that came together, but that made an impact on me. And I said, well, who do I want to be in people's lives? The people that matter the most, my wife and my children, my brother, my sister, my mother, my father, my in-laws, those people, what do I want those people to think of me? What do I want them to say about me and who was I to them in their life? So I went fast forward and I said, this is what I would want people to say about me. And then I came back to who I was. I said, are you that freaking guy? No, you're not. Because you're putting everything in before your family. Ultimately, in your mind, you think this is for your family. But what your family needs is you. They don't need you out there chasing the stars. Ultimately, they need you. And you need to be these things. So that is what I set out to become. And my grandpa's passing has shown me 
that his life make a, a much bigger impact than any Hollywood star will ever make in my life. And that is who I have got to be for my wife, for my daughter, for my son, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and so on and so forth. And that is what this journey has been. As a byproduct of that, my marriage has changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. And my wife is the beneficiary of that, of me becoming that man that I set out to be. I think everyone is, though. I mean, your perspective at work has changed your attitude and how you approach people at work. You take more of a coaching mentality in everything that you do, but you take it from the stance of, like most bosses, and I, I, I know this because we've had these conversations. Most bosses that I know, when you come into the office, you have a conversation, the new guy comes in, and you're like, okay, great, new manager, we'll be, you know, and everybody's kind of, nervous because what do you want they want to know what to do to please you and your tactic Mm -hmm. is where do you want to go in this company what do you want to do and how do i help you get there Mm -hmm. it wasn't about what they were doing right then that moment and what you have in front of you it's you know what it's like to have a goal you know what it's like to want to go forward and not have anybody push you you dug this out a lot on your own until you finally got the right people in place to help you get on the fast track. But you dug your roots by yourself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the same thing with the the people you work with. Even with our kids. Our daughter comes in one day and says, I think I want to play volleyball. I don't play volleyball. Dad doesn't play volleyball. I'm not a sports person when it comes to playing. I'll watch. But I'm not a player. You've played a couple of sports, but volleyball wasn't it. So we're going, okay. I'm looking at her like I, I have absolutely no way to help her in this. Dad jumps in and says, okay, I need to know when the tryouts are. I need to know what gear you need. I need to know what your practices look like. And then they get on YouTube. Let's find some videos. Let's find you some games. You just automatically jump in and take that role of she has something she wants to do. She has a goal. I'm going to start putting stuff in her path to help her build this goal. It's not about what the end product is for you because she's not playing right now but she still loves it and what she learned along learning that game and what she got from you that's the part the journey part is Mm -hmm. the part that mattered the most because now this little girl who was shy and she's short and she's always the smallest in the class and she's always worried she's not going to do well She stood, we watched her play on a court with giants compared to her. She was little and she was kicking ass and Mm -hmm. enjoying it. And when things didn't go right, she didn't come to me. She went straight to dad and dad said, okay, this is what I saw. This is what I recorded. Let's go look at it. And immediately she shifted from being pissed off about not doing well to let's go home and fix it. That's the stuff you instill. That's the product of all the changes you've made in yourself now we're starting to see it in them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're seeing it in people in your workplace. Yeah, it might suck when they move on to something else, but if you knew that that was their goal and you put into them to help them get there, so what? You help them get somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not, 
a lot of people I think look at this and think I'm going to make all these changes and I'm going to do all these things. And then my spouse is just going to come in line and everything's going to be great. And we're going to move forward Mm -mm. wrong. Okay. I didn't start making major changes until this last probably two years of really taking a hard look at me. I was making small changes for myself, but we had a lot going on and I was struggling to get through our past. Not not just our marriage, but autism, the kids, the whole nine. Rita and I did a lot of digging in that iceberg for me. Well, I think it was very <coughs> it was very important for me to pioneer this journey for our family so I could pave the way. I needed to be the first person to go and to do the hard digging and to dig the roots myself. And I didn't really consider how much of this I have done on my own. Thank you for mentioning that. But I think it was very, very important because I have the right gears to do that. I had that ability inside of me to do that. And I never I never understood that until those times began. And then, you know, PJ was like a supercharge to that. <laughs> because she PJ's truly, the caffeine pill to the mix. She truly woke up. She truly woke that athlete, that competitor in me and woke it up. And it's very true. It's less about the destination and it's more about the journey of what you're doing every single day. And if you remain consistent, the destination takes care of itself. But it's about what you're doing each day. You've got to look up. You've got to, you know, gauge where am I? What am I becoming? And look to the destination sometimes, but we've got to enjoy the journey. We've got to run to the difficult things so that we can challenge ourselves to grow. And in no way was it ever my thought or my desire for a guy or some guys to take these changes and these challenges and feel like they have to lose their self. It's more than that. It's actually becoming that authentic you and who you are and you deciding who that is so you will enhance your life but you'll enhance your marriage and your relationship with your wife and your kids if you have them and in all facets of your life and look people are going to go kicking and screaming that's the way it is that's the way being a pioneer is you go first you go out you take on the journey And there were things in me that I had to get, I just had to get settled. I had to retune them. They had to become new. I had to become the gatekeeper of what was acceptable for me to believe about myself and what for for me what to believe moving forward. I had to do that. Mm -hmm. I had to challenge my perspective on faith and religion and health and, and marriage and parenting. All these things. I had to challenge that so that I could gain a fresh perspective and know how to challenge myself so I don't live in an echo chamber and a poor me and I'm the, all I have is bad luck. That is not the life that I was intended to live. That's not who I was supposed to be. I do believe in destiny and I want to positively impact the lives of other people. It's important to me. So I think that would be the question. If you feel like you're losing yourself, what are you really losing? Bad habits, 
bad strongholds, mental instability, other people's thoughts of you, other people's expectations. What are you losing? I mean, if you're, if you're really changing yourself and you're doing things that are bettering you, you did some things that pissed me off in the beginning and it wasn't directed at me. It was just, you were changing things. I am not a fan of change. Mm -hmm. I am rooted in what I do and it takes a lot to shift my boat before I finally go, okay, fine. I'll go with the rudder. But I wasn't mad at you. I was mad because I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. Once we got to a place where I saw the changes that were happening and I realized how good and beneficial they were, it was very easy for me to just kind of shift gear and go with you and stop looking at what my old expectations were. Well, let's be fair too, because I had started a lot of things and didn't finish them. True. Well, there was, yeah, there was that um, expectation of, well, he's on it, but it's not going to last long. Yeah. And I mean, that goes for my diet, the, the diets that I did you know, before I ever met PJ, it was a constant struggle. Mm -hmm. It was a suffocating process to be morbidly obese. And so I had started a lot of things and fell and started and fell. But finally, I was able to stand in and start to catch my stride. So there is a time where you've got to prove some credibility first to yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to prove to yourself that you're willing to do hard. And then you can't think because you made a change for a week a month, six months, or a year, that your family's going to buy in on it. You spent X amount of years not being that guy. You didn't know how. You didn't. So now it's time for you to build credibility with yourself. You got to know inside that you are somebody that you can depend on before others will begin to depend on you. You've got, it's got to be about the journey. You can't do this for accolades. You're changing things inside of you that people will never know. But that's where you give yourself the credit. You coach yourself hard. But you have got to build trust within yourself so you know you can be counted on by you. And then other people will be a breeze. Because you know the talk that goes on inside of your head. You know where you fail. You know where you succeed. Sometimes it's hard to see that, but you know. So it's about the journey. It's about the grind. It's about doing what it takes to remake yourself. And this is my experience. And these things that we've put out on the podcast have only served me to get better at communicating with my wife. They have only served me at being a better parent learning how to be a better employee. I'm still working on being a better friend because communication-wise and keeping up with people is a struggle for me because my life is so full. It's an area I suck at. (laughs) But I can tell you that communication with my wife is at an all-time great. Mm -hmm. It's not perfect, but it's at an all-time great. Um, As a father, I'm at an all-time great compared to who I was because I was an absentee dad. Mm -hmm. My sex life is at an all-time great. Yes. Because we have invested time in one another. My commitment to my marriage and my family is at an all-time great. 
because it's the choice that I made to do it. And I'm encouraging you to rise up to the challenge of what I speak about in all of these podcasts because you're freaking worth it, bro. You and your marriage, your life, your relationship, you are worth it. I have no idea where you are in your relationship. Maybe your relationship is gone. Maybe it's too late to save it. Eventually, you're going to want to have another relationship. Maybe your relationship is at a point, it's at a tipping point like ours was. I'm telling you, if you're willing and she's willing, you can turn this thing around. Maybe you don't have a relationship yet. You just want to figure out what you can do to become the best version of you that life has to offer because I'm convinced the world deserves that, the best you. You deserve it too. It ain't easy. It's hard. It's grueling. It hurts. Sometimes it sucks. You fail. But you're always learning. You're always challenging yourself to grow. That is what the podcast is. What it's not is a bunch of changes so that you lose yourself and become one big compromise to make other people happy. That's not what we are. That is not how we roll. I assure you of that. If that's the way it's come across, let's talk. Let's fix it. Let's get better. But I'm calling you to rise and, and to take the challenge. And if you're doing it now, kudos, bro. It's time to step your game up. Let's go harder. We can do this together. Thank you for listening. I'll be darned if I didn't mention that live again. If you're still listening now, <laughs> I got to get better at this. If you're still listening now, um, we're doing Facebook Live for the 100th episode, September 6, 2020, 5 p.m. Pacific. Get in on it and get at it. Matter of fact, send me a freaking email with what you think of this, uh, this episode and where you're at and how I can help you because I want to know. I love you. I appreciate you for listening. Thank you for stepping up to the challenge. She is Jeannie Moran. I am Quincy, the Q Dog. This is Man versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself. It's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.